0: Told um, this week's Sicha is, uh, I guess the word would be gishmak, um, and uh, contains a lot of basic ideas in Hasidus that could help answer questions regarding the central story in this week's Parsha, the one that kind of has everybody's attention riveted on it. The, the, the brachas at uh, Yitzchak has one idea what to do there. Rivka has another idea. And while the Hebe does not um, discuss that story, but a lot of the, the deeper questions concerning that story are answered with the Sicha today. Aleph. Isa b'medrush. The medrash teaches. V'ela. The parsha begins with as opposed to Ele. So what does the additional vav mean? talis yitzchak. So the medesh teaches it means, that the vav is a continuation of what came right before it. L-maila, hey menu, what, uh, it it's connected to what's written right before it. And, and that is b'nei yishma'el with the the lists the progeny of Yishmael, son of Avraham. So who does the Vav um, refer to? Who was this? Esav and his children. Because Esav and his children were the son, the progeny of Yitzchak. This is to say, these three words, the intention of these words, the, teldis, Yitzhak, these are the progeny of Yitzchak, is, is to refer to Esau. <laughs> Just like Bnei Yishmael, who are listed in the Torah before, he also was a Rasha. And by the way, in parentheses, taima, and for this reason, Nemar Yitzhak, the word is written chaser meaning the word telus can be written with two vavs and with only one vav, as is the case here. could be written mole, you could say fully loaded, or chaser. And uh, it's written chaser, it's written without the second vav, uh, so that it's clear to the reader that we are excluding Yaakov from the days the rishoim. We have to understand. Once the Medrash tells us that these words with which the whole Parsha opens refer to Esav, so then it's logical to say based on this, Uh, It would seem based on this, the Medrash is teaching us that in this week's Parsha, the Psukim of the Torah focus on Esav rather than on Yaakov, Vitamua, and this is a wonder; it's perplexing. Aleph, First of all, where do we find in the parsha that there should be more of an emphasis on Esav rather than on Yaakov? And base the second question is ve'Ikar, and the main question is ech ki how could you, let's say even if the Parsha was written differently, but how could you conceptually say that the main Tehldas, the main progeny of Yitzchak is Esav rather than Yaakov? How could you conceivably say that without even looking at how this might be reflected in the sukkim of the Parsha? the Rebbe says, the general explanation of this is, Teich in Parsha's Tehldas, So the Rebbe says that you have to read the word differently, rather than reading it in its um, most basic sense as progeny, children, generations, read it as this is the avoyda of Yitzchak. And once you read it as the avoyda of Yitzchak, which includes of his generations, his moving to the city of Grar, the digging of the welds, and his bequeathing of the blessings. This is all included in his Avodah, and once you read as Avodah, then we can understand this differently. And because the novelty of Yitzchak's Aveda juxtaposed against Avram's Aveda, which we have been reading about in the previous parshes, and because it comes to expression and to revelation, particularly in his relationship with Asaph. <laughs> The relationship, the spiritual relationship, the connection between Yitzchak and Esav, is very different than the connection or the relationship of Avram to Yitzchak, as will be explained. <laughs> And therefore, the parsha begins with the words, yitzchak, and the medj tells us that this is referring or focusing on Eizab. Because The name of the parsha, as the Chaba underscored in so many sikhs, including the one we did last week, the name of the parsha has to embody the teikhen the content of the parsha and the content of the parsha of teiltes in 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 our new understanding of teiltes that's talking about the veide of Yitzchak, is recognized davka in focusing on asaf base behilukza shebein <speaking in> shakefrsay shall yishmal avraham ben shakefrsay shall esavly yitzhak anuma tsem shnei hafkim when we analyze, when we scrutinize the relationships of Yishmael to Avraham and Esau to Yitzchak, we find two elements that are paradoxical. Mitzad, Echad, Yishmael, Kari, Avram, From one side, Yishmael seems to be closer, spiritually more calibrated with Avraham than Esa was with Yitzchak. How do we know this? Shari also Aviv. Because we're taught, and Rashi brings this down, and it was mentioned in last week's parsha, Yishmal did shuva in during the lifetime of his father. And it's logical to conclude that this was a result of Avram's influence on him. Masha Inkane, in contradistinction, be so vloimatsinush asotchuva. Regarding asa we don't find that he did but Adrab on the contrary. Lefi perish kazal, In accordance with what our sages taught us. Hamuskar gamba perish rashi which is also um, included in Rashi's commentary on our parsha, That ba'ez misasai, When Yaakov died, I'm sorry, when Yisak died, ikev esav is course Yaakov Marz machvela. I'm I'm sorry. When Yaakov died, Esav tried to block, to impede um, Yaakov's burial in mm-hmm. So it means that he never did Teshuvah. That's on one hand. on the other hand, Avraham Yatzav and Yishmael. It says that from Avraham exited Yishmael. And this is understood, according to Hasidus, that he separated from from Avraham. <speaking in Hebrew> he separated from his father to the extent that he was not considered a Jew. To the extent that Avraham Avina was considered a Jew, Yishmael was not considered a Jew in that way. <speaking> in <Hebrew> and therefore, he was not an heir to his father Avraham. <speaking in Hebrew> Even once he did teshuvah, he still did not inherit from Abraham. Kemoshinemar, like it says, lo yirash in the in the voice of Sarah, lo yirash ben ha'ama hazayisim Yitzchak. This son of a, of a handmaid will not inherit with with Yitzchak. Masha Inkin Esav, in contradistinction distinction regarding Esav, Afal pishagam hu yatsav and nifrat Yitzchak, although this same terminology is used, that he also went out of Yitzchak and was separated from him. Yitzchak yatsa de Yisrael mumar. But still in all, Esav actually remained in the category of a Jew, albeit an apostate Jew. And he did inherit from his father, Kameshah like it says in Chomesh Devorim, Yerushal Nasati. I have given to Yerusha an inheritance. So, on the one hand, Yishmael seems more closely aligned with his father. He did Teshuvah before his father passed. On the other hand, and Asav and, and did not. And on the other hand, Asav is considered a Jew while Yishmael is not. Esav inherits from his father, while Yishmael does not. Perhaps we could say, I'll peep shot, that the reason for this different is the following. <laughs> A simple explanation would be that Yishmael did not inherit from his father. He was not considered Jewish because he was the son of the handmaiden. And therefore, he was different than the son of Sarah, whereas Asa was the son of Rivka. So perhaps we can attribute the differences between these two to their mothers. But from the fact that there were amongst the children of Yaakov, who were considered the, the, the tribes, the, the Shvatim, they were among them also B'nei Shvachis, the children of handmaidens. Nevertheless, Yaakov it says about Yaakov in the Medrash, that his bed, as it was, as it were, was consummate, meaning that all of his children were considered tzaddikim. So, while Avram had one child that was not, and Yitzchak had one child that was not, but Yaakov is Mitas All of his progeny, all of his uh, genealogical issue, were complete. In contradistinction to Avram from whom issued forth Yishmael so what does this teach us? So it's move on, it's understood from this that before Matantara, Hayagam, Ben Ama, Yachaly's Begeta Ben Before Matantara, the uh the rubric. Of who was Jewish and who wasn't was different than afterwards. And um, we, the rabbit proves from the fact that about Yaakov, it says, the that being a Ben Ha'amma, that being a son of a handmaiden, uh, was not contraindicated to being considered a Jew and being a Yerush and being considered a Tzaddik. And therefore, Bahadra Kushi Aduchta, so therefore, we're, our question returns to its original strength. We're basically we're right back to to where we started, which is Mahu Achilu Ben Yisrael Asav. What is in fact the difference between Yisrael and Asav? Shemitzidei Hayela Asav Dafka Din Yisrael V'Lo Le Yisrael Abal Pishei Dafka Oso Tshuva What indeed is the difference that because of this difference, Asaf had the din of a Yisrael, even though he never did teshuva. And Yishmael, Dafka, even though he did teshuva, never had the din of a Yisrael. And once we understand this, we'll understand that it's proven from the fact that Asab is considered a Jew, that his connection to Yitzchak was deeper than the connection of Yishmael to Avraham. This is such a profound connection that it really doesn't hinge on his doing tshuva or not. Now, in Gimel, we're in, oh, yes, uh, we're learning today in this chus of a refor for a file, mayor, ben, bluma, yenta, he should have a refor miyat. In um, Sif Gimel, in the third part, of Tzidies Chelak Tzvav Sicha Aleph, the Rebbe uh, brings a story that bolsters this idea of the connection between Esav and Yitzchak, and begins to uncover for us the um, the profundity of that connection. Hashaychus Shel Esav Chazal. The special connection between Asaph and Yitzchak is also alluded to in a, an aphorism, in a saying of our sages, Shekfuras Rashid Asaph, Esau, that Asaph's head is buried, Haisa, Begoy, itfei de Yitzchak, by the heels of Yitzchak. Um, so we'll very, very quickly uh, review the story um, that Asaph uh, wanted to. Uh, contest the right of Yaakov to be buried in Ma'arsamachpelah, and so they sent um, a child of Naftali who was very uh, sure-footed and, and, and could run with great alacrity to get the deed. And they were waiting; the whole the whole um, procession was held up, and there was one of the progeny of Yaakov, a grandson. His name was Chushim. He was a son of Dun. And he was deaf. So he couldn't hear what was going on. Why was this happening? He just knew that, that somehow Asa was impeding the burial of his grandfather. So he took out his sword and he decapitated Esau. And Esau's um, head rolled into Ma'are and settled by the heels of Yitzchak. Um, and before we continue with this, although I, I really try not to do this, I just want to. Um, I remember with great, great clarity something that Mora Heller, uh, Allaha Shalom, taught us about the story. She said that what 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 happened here. Everybody else waited patiently because they knew that there was some kind of a sikh with there was some kind of an argument here. And the only way to resolve this was by um, getting the deed. So they sent uh, their quickest uh, person to run by foot to get the deed. But hushim was deaf. So he was not in on this conversation. And he just did what he felt had to be done to get his grandfather buried. And she said that sometimes it's deaf the people who are, as it were, deaf, meaning it doesn't have to be quite literally. But like sometimes it, those of us who are in on the conversation and can hear this side and that side, we lose sight of what actually has to be done in the moment. Whereas Hushim, who was deaf, in other words, he wasn't hearing any arguments. He wasn't having it. Because he knew with certainty that Jacob Avino had to be buried here and he just did what had to be done. And I don't think that she was um, teaching us to decapitate people. I, I think she was teaching us to, to not get lost, you know, in all the static um, and and this was decades before the wokeness that we live in today. Um, but I just when I was when I learned this, I, I could hear her voice so clearly saying, you know, that sometimes just, you have to be deaf to all the back and forth, and you have to keep your, you know, you have to keep clarity on what actually has to be done. Sorry about that. Okay. So, the fact that Aesop's head should be able to be buried with Yitzhak and this is, this is a great wonder. Hadin hu because it's actually halacha in ain't in Russia it's tzaddik that you don't bury a Russia with a tzaddik you don't bury a Russia near a tzaddik but ad kedikach so much so that we have this, this very very let's just say interesting story that um, at one point in Malachim Bay's so in the Navi, um, we don't learn that this person was a Navi Sheker. Uh, he's unnamed, so I can't give you his name. An anonymous uh, foot soldier uh, and uh, who was causing havoc. And so the Jews just basically opened up where they had buried Elisha, and they threw him in there. Um, however, he But in order that this Russia should not be buried near Elisha, even though the Jews had thrown him in with Elisha, I guess that was the most expedient way uh, to get rid of him. <speaking in Hebrew> Hashem made a miracle. <speaking in Hebrew> and this wasn't just a pedestrian miracle. I mean, that's oxymoronic, right? A pedestrian miracle. But the, but what kind of miracle was this? This was a miracle of Trias HaMesim. Shekam Navi HaShekel a super, this guy actually got up <laughs> um, because Hashem because Hashem did not want him to be buried with but in Cain. So if so, So how is it that Asab's head should be buried near the heels of Yitzchak? when Chazal tell us about this story, they underscore that Asa was a Russia. They add the they add the description Russia in case you forgot that Asa was a Russia, they add that he was a Russia. The explanation is Heysa shall Asa Russia he mitzad Asa's being a Russia was on the part of his guf, on the part of his body kan will explain this. but regarding his head, meaning on the level of his head,, especially when the head is recognizably different, it's completely cut off, it's decapitated from the lowliness of his goof of his body then ain't a Russia. Then he's not a Russia. On the contrary, on that level, on the level of his head, as it is completely disconnected from his body, he has a connection to Yitzchak. And therefore, his head remained near the heels of Yitzchak. In other words, it's not just because Chushim uh, beheaded him and the head happened to roll Maris Machpelah that the head was left there. No, clearly that would not have happened if the head didn't belong there. But on the level of his head, he belongs with Yitzchak. The gam be'esav. And so now we can understand more generally regarding Esav. When we speak about his antecedents, when we speak about his roots, when we speak about Rasha, his head, his um, where he comes from, when you speak about just that, he's good. But it's only when his head, when his antecedents, when his root comes down below. And connects and is enclosed in the body of Esau. Then he becomes completely back. So it's kind of uh, like the same idea that's explained in, let's say, He where it explains about the, the iris, the lights that begin in Taihu are higher than Tikkun. But when they come down, when they fell, when they were disconnected from the, they don't come down in in a chain-like, modulated fashion. They come down in a sudden fall. They plummet from that height, and then it uh, expresses itself in rock sorry and it's only when he comes down and uh, he connects and is and and is embodied uh in the in the body of isab that he's ra. because the sparks of holiness that are in as are unable to illuminate there like it says the light of a Russia dims, cannot shine, cannot illuminate. Dalit, and when we understand this point, when we understand this fact about who Asab was, to begin with, we understand the difference between Asab and Ishmael. Because Yatsu Because both vis-a-vis Yishmael and vis-a-vis Esav, being that they are the progeny, <coughs> respectively, of Avram and Yitzchak, so although Yatsu they left, meaning nifredu, they separated from their fathers; they went in a different direction but they're still remade, embedded in them, the the power of their fathers. And especially, we're taught that tzadikim are similar to their creators. When it comes to a tzadik, there is eternal holiness in anything that they did, that they accomplished, and how much more so in their progeny. That is to say, mm-hmm. that in these people, there remained a ray of the of the um, kedusha an array of the effulence of Avram and Yitzchak. However, this is a ray of their holiness and their affluence that operates outside of the confines of holiness. The it expresses itself outside of, of, of that a sphere of holiness. And now we're in a position to better understand the difference between them. The we now can understand in which way was expressed through them the influence of the fathers. Coming now. When it came to Yishmael, the way in which his father's influence um, expressed itself was in that he did teshuva. On the other hand, although he did teshuva, but after he did teshuva, he still remained in his previous category. It was a category that did not really connect with Avraham. Spiritually, in contradistinction, when we talk about Esau. Although when you take Esau in the aggregate, when you look at his guf, meaning him as overall person, his madrega was even lower than Yishmael. And that's why he did not do tshuva. Still and all, but when it comes to his head, when it comes to who he is, um, as he is found in his in his origins, in his roots, and as it is separate and disconnected from his body, hare Hu bigoy Itvedi Yitzchak. And oh, he does belong near the heels of connection between them. Somebody is not muted. If you could just mute yourself, that would be great. Thank you. Hey, V. Sloimar. And we might say, Incredible how the Rebbe always says that. maybe the Rabbi introduces his ideas. Maybe, maybe we could say that this is expressed. That there is an example of this by and it concerns chiluk ben shnei hayfani hashayecha zu shel yishmol avram bezushel esav liyischak ben shnei haizberim bahayfanim sheyesh legeder hashlipkus that you could connect these two different relationships, the relationship of yishmol to avram versus the relationship between esav and ischak to two ways in which the construct of a shaliyah, a proxy, a messenger, is explained in halakha. Hezber echad, one explanation, who shashliyach hinei mitzius that when you deputize something to do, to, somebody to do something for you halachically, they remain an independent contractor. They are still themselves. So the person remains the person. He retains his independence. But the Torah has created a a method through which the Shliach can perform something for the Mishaleach. And it is considered it is as if the the Mishaleh did it himself. So um, very often, the example that's given is in terms of divorce. Okay, so in one understanding, Allah, the person that is sent to uh, to give a divorce to a woman by her husband uh, remains independent. Chaim Yankel, whoever he is, uh, but he has the to deliver the divorce. And it's as if the husband gave the divorce to the wife. But there's a second way of understanding. And this is the way that. The Rebbe has really focused on. All the years. That. The very existence of the person who is the proxy becomes the existence of the one who sent him. You actually become him, like him. And once the messenger takes on the existence of the sender, then obviously what he does is in behalf of the center. And the Rebbe is saying that the first model, as explained in Halacha, is the relationship of Avram and Yishmael. The second model, Shliyach can, is aligned with the relationship between Yitzchak and Esav. There is a oneness there. There is a wholeness. That, and you can't you can't separate them. Vav. The above-mentioned difference being Taylor, Toilus Yitzhak in the difference between the progeny of Avram and the progeny of Yitzhak, and the relationship between Avram and Yishmael, and the relationship between Yitzchak and Yesav, is in accordance with the difference. In their modality of serving Hashem. One of the differences between their avodah was, It was in the modality of top-down. To bring down and to reveal godliness down here below. And in contradistinction, Avaidas mimata Lamaila. And the of Yitzchak was to bere- to uncover, to unearth in the Mata the Elokus, and, and uh release it so it could go lamaila. Otherwise understood as to refine the world, and to elevate it upwards. And you could see this profound difference as explained in Chasidus, in the practicality of their avodah. Abraham's, he um, busied himself constantly with causing a recognition and a, an acknowledgement of godliness even amongst more lowly people, relatively speaking. Ad arvaim until we even include the Arabs who um, were engaged in, in in worship where they would they, they would even bow down to the to the dust of the earth um, which 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 is which is indicative of a not very evolved uh, level of uh, spirituality and what Avram wanted to do is that even they should Recognize and acknowledge the greatness of Hashem. That's Avra Ve'ilu Yitzchak asak And Yitzchak, we have all these psukim that, that tell us that he was engaged in digging wells, which if you don't understand this, it's, it's just so perplexing um, to tell us that Yitzchak Uh, came to a different location and started to dig wells is kind of like saying in the year 2021 somebody moves to a new house and there are toilets like everybody was was digging wells how else should a person have the water that is so basic to living life so like there's there are relatively few sukkim when you compare to avram and diakov that that focus on yitzchak and and of all the ways to use those, a lot of psukim. You give us so many psukim about the undigging, the digging, or the or the undigging of the wells that had been stuffed up by the Philistines. But when you understand it, al know this means siluk ha'afar ha-avanim v'aitzim. What Yitzhak was trying to do, quite practically which is, of course, indicative and representative and reflective of the spiritual avaida, is to take away the, the dust, the earth, the stones, um, the trees, uh, you know, the vegetation. That covered up the living waters that are found in the earth. Ubipnimi pnimius and on a deeper level, what was this? This is the refinement of the lower levels of creation and to refine it, to refine it from its coarseness, from its temporal, corporeal aspects until you get to its source, which is godliness, until you get to the spark of godliness that vivifies it, and until it is recognized and felt. And in each of these two different modalities, the maila mata and the mata maila, the top-down, and the bottom upwards, each one of these has a distinctive superiority that is not found in the other. Um, and one other thing we could say when we look at this is that um, when you look at the Midas of Chesed versus Givura, one of the things that, um, that, that kind of jumps out is that Chesed is about the one who is giving and givura has more of a focus on the recipient. So that's, that's, that's another thing to keep in mind. When you bring down from above to below, the way in which the mata, the lower strata, the recipient, is changed is a result of the one above. <laughs> if, if the lower strata is impacted, it is not because of an inner, an internal shift. It's because of what's coming at them. Um, I guess you could say it's superimposed. It's an overlay and in what we're discussing here, Bavram, so vis-a-vis Avram and uh, the wayfarers uh, that he was constantly hosting and hoping to raise uh, consciousness of Godliness amongst them, when the Arabs, uh, or the, I, I'm not sure the, what to call the demographic, but, but when they called upon God, creator of the world, this was not really something that came from them. It wasn't that essentially they were they were capable even of coming to this recognition. Elavayakri, Avram but rather Avram prompted them, Avraham coaxed them, Avraham led them to call on God. The Rebbe says he actually like kind of took it out of them. He a love. In this overture, it was really his. It wasn't theirs. They didn't own it. Vilachim, and therefore, Avshavram, Paul, Gam, Alhar, Veim, Sheyakiru, Gudalasa. Even though Avram was able to um, accomplish that, uh, these these passers by uh, should recognize God. Harei Deza adayin lo yetsu v'hisreimu Mishiflusam. But they still were not elevated from their lowly place. (inaudible) Because when you talk about their existence, who they really were. (inaudible) They remained in their lowly stature and they remained the same Arabs that they were before they visited his tent. Masha ain't being avoided. Yitzchok, in contradiction, when you look at the avoided of Yitzchok. Ha'alamimata la maila. His avoided was all about elevating from below upwards. Paula's sheshaikhus ha Hamata ha oilam let lakus maila tia mitaka mata grufa. In Yitzchok's avoided, the connection between what was below to what is above to godliness. The, the the focus was that it should come dafka from the mata from the low itself. Who atzmai the person themselves mishtane who misreimim vaal yideizem bekabel sheichos leluchos. In his avoda, the person themselves who is below has to be elevated. They have to be transformed, and in this way they receive their connection to Godliness. And this is kind of reflected and embodied in the Avaida of digging wells. This is not an Avaida where you import water from someone else and you throw the water in a pit. Basically the water remains water that came from somewhere else. No, the void of is to dig. is all about revealing the living waters that are hidden beneath the surface of the ground, but that are from that place. In other words, to bring out the strength and the greatness. That is endemic to the person themselves, although it may take some heavy duty digging. It's not recognizable. Zai. So that's on one hand. But on the other hand, and this is going to explain the paradoxical relationship between Avram and Eliezer. On one hand, Eliezer, Teshuvah. On the other hand, Eliezer is not considered a son, was not an ear to him. So on one hand, Yitzchak seems to be um, a more essential one, let's just say, uh, a more premistic a connection, an innermost connection, but on the other hand, There is a maila, there's a superiority in bringing from above to below that's not possible when you're elevating from below upwards. When you import, let's say now, a light, an energy from above to below, then that godly light is able to. Radiate in lowly places as those lower strata remain in their original uh, lowliness. In order for the light that you import from above to illumine, to shine, to radiate below, you don't have to change the recipient. You don't have to change the mata. Like Avram, who was able to affect that um, these the people of that region should recognize the greatness of God, even as they remained in their um, they, they retained, let's just say, their original self-control, which was not exactly exalted. Masha inkin, Baha'u'llah, Mimatala Maila, But when it comes to bringing the below upward, Shaikhus Hamatala Elukus, the connection between that which is below, Tagavinis, Noitzeres, Mikoyach, Yitziosoi, Bisroy, Mimusoi, Mimadre gosai Hatachtoina, is created and is therefore only possible and viable through the agency of what is below, elevating itself from its lowly stature. If it remains as it retains its original status, it's not possible for it to connect. It's not possible for the godly light to illumine in that place. and this is also the reason for the difference between Avram and Yitzchak in their spiritual level. This, this this expresses itself, for instance, in that Avram Yatsam Eretz Avraham left Eretz He went down, and we know Chasidus explains that Mitzrayim is the Indian of mitzvah it's a place of constriction and constraint. It's chutz l'aretz. and he went there, the heyer gam is chutz and he was able to illuminate also that which is chutz laaretz spiritually. Masha einkin in contradistinction, Yitzchak haya asor me eretz Yisrael. But Yitzchak is the only one of the avois that did not leave Eretz Yisrael. In fact, it was prohibited for him to leave Eretz Yisrael. The other Sikha that's part that's being studied by the project this week is all about this idea that Yitzchak was considered, because of the Akeda, an Eretz an offering to God, completely given to God. He was only able to operate and to spend time in the aspect of this world that is El that is uh, that is up, that is upper, that is exalted. But he wasn't able to operate in the more lowly aspects of this world. Because within the framework of Yitzchak's modality, there's no connection between Chutzla and holy light, holy energy. So remember that the um, Rebbe began by asking how is it possible to say that Asa should be the toiltas of Yitzchak and he answered right at the beginning of the sicha that you have to expand your understanding of toiltas it's not just progeny literally but it's all of his aveda and so the heaven now is is unfurling different aspects of this Avodah and how it actually is all embodied for Yitzchak and Esav, as opposed to Avraham. So another place that we see it, So when you're speaking about Avraham, and his modality, his MO of spiritual which is to bring from below, downward. When you talk about Avram, and it's all about importing from above to below, then tell thyself his generations that are Mata, that are lowly, that are Ben ha'ama, the son of a handmaiden. And even a son of a handmaiden that the Torah says about him, he was up to all kinds of no good. Avram is able to reach there and to influence upon this kind of Mata to the extent that Ishmal did timer And it is for exactly this reason. And, and, and it's for this re- it's for this very reason that he was married a handmaiden and that it's And it's not contradictory to his But On the contrary, it even embodies. The novelty of his Aveda, that there is a mata, that there is a lower strata, and that he is able to uh, impact it and to bring light there.. And so we find this again regarding his progeny. Gmbe, harehu Bifina's mata. It's not that Avram was blind to who Yishmael was. No. It wasn't that Avram was not cognizant of Yishmael's deficits or his, um, his constraints, his spiritual constraints. But his Avril was to be mamshik or to bring down or on even the lowest of the low. So much so that he even asked Hashem, let it be halavai, that Yishmael shall live before you. Like, even if you don't give me Yitzchak, I will work with Yishmael. But since the there's a limitation, in other words, till now in this in in, 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 in in this eighth part of the siha in the last two paragraphs the Rebbe was explaining the tremendous capability of the Avoida of Avraham, that it could go to the lowest places but now here's the here's the other side here's the here's the underbelly but since this modality, remains in the final analysis the overture of the of the initiator it remains the paula and the hashba it remains the accomplishment and the and the, and the influence of avram and like we did last week Umishames <laughs> avram nafal and and when avram passed Eliezer, uh, Yishmael fell meaning on the one hand, yes, Avram was able to influence even Yishma, as low as he was, that he should do to But he didn't change him from the inside out. He exited, he separated from Avram um meila hu in yachalias hay Avram, and therefore he can never be a an ear to avram avinu ul pirat al pi habior shay yesh and especially when we understand again al pi chasidus that an ear is flows Inheritance flows from the fact that the ear is part of the existence of the of the one who is leaving the inheritance. Mashe ein kainin yana sheli yitzchak. Yitzchak's on the other hand, who shahamata gufa alla al yaday. It's that the lowly is elevated through this Avodah. And therefore, because Yitzchak is about this essential connection, therefore his children, even Esav, remain part of him. They remain part even of his madreka, which explains why Esav's head rolled in to be buried with Yitzchak. On um, Mahay and for this reason, regarding the the modality of Yitzchak's Avoda, Kol he would never be able to marry like Avram and Yaakov did, um, on Amma. Leisha, a, a hand for a wife, shall Because the children of an amma mitzad atzmam, just in, in terms of who they are, essentially, there is no connection between them and Yitzchak. Because let's remember that in Yitzchak's modality of top downward, the the light, the energy can only flow insofar as the mata changes itself. On the other hand, because Asa was born of Yitzchak and Rivka and because he is essentially connected to Yitzchak, he actually is in the category of a Jew, albeit an apostate uh, a convert, and also he is an ear. But the Rebbe says, "But let's remind ourselves: What are we talking about here? We're not discounting Esav and all of his rishos and all the many ways in which he did things that were contra to everything that Hashem wanted." We're talking about his head. We're talking about the uppermost part of him. And even more so, we are underscoring how it's the head as it is disconnected from the body. As as it connects to his antecedents. As we said above. Aval But when you talk about Esau and you talk about his head as it is connected to his body, as he was in the lowly strata and sphere, Yes, he did exit and separate from Yitzchak. In a way that gives him really no connection to Celestial Light. And therefore, he doesn't do tshuva. And, and that's why the clip of Esav is worse than the clip of Yishmael, because Asav has a higher source. He has greater potential. Therefore, he's a greater Klippah than Yishmael, who had, a, who had a lower potential and acted on that potential in Tetshukah. And these two antithetical strands of Aveda attributed to Avraham and Yitzchak respectively are both the preparatory stage to the void of Yaakov, because Yaakov was energy. Sorry, yes. Can
1: I ask a question? Yes, yeah, sure, go ahead. Can you explain that again? How, why is it? Why is it that Aesop, Why does it have to? Couldn't impact. Why couldn't? Why is the change only when the head is separated from the body? Because what the Rebbe is explaining here is that the avaydah of
0: mimata lemaila, the avaydah of Yitzchak, in that avaydah, the mata can only reach maila. It can only be a makabel for RLK when it transforms itself.
1: So, okay, so only when it transforms, but didn't you say he didn't have the ability to
0: do that? Who are you talking about? Asaf?
1: Yes. He didn't choose to do that. Oh, he didn't choose. I thought you said he didn't have the ability. The second question, I just want to ask you, maybe I missed oh, something. Wait, wait
0: one, second, one second, Um, Yeah, no, he would have had the ability because he, 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 he would have had the ability, but that's not what he chose. And you wait. could even say that's not what Hashem wanted him to do. I mean, that's the whole idea of what was happening in the brachas. That 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 Yitzchak saw this greatness, right, in Esav, and he sought to 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 bring it up from the bottom of the well, the chafiras habeeres, right. And he knew Yitzchak knew that Yaakov was the one who was going to be the next one of the avice but he thought that he could twin Yaakov and Esav, make them like um, like and Zavulon, let's say. But Rivka knew that the birhanit seitzes could only happen through Yaakov and not through Esav, and that's why she fought against it. So you could say that Hashem didn't even want Esav to be neutralized because it wasn't yet Mashiach yet. It was like Yitzchak was operating with a different, on a different level with the vision of a oilets mima, with the vision of a uh, with a uh, Mashiach t- Mashiach tseitzim. Okay, thank you. I hope I, I, your original question, again, Esther, I just want to make sure I answered
1: it. You, you did. Yes, you did. I'm, I'm also a little bit confused here with the sicha, because I think that if I, maybe I misheard, but it seemed like that ever started with shliach.
0: It was a very, very um, a brief it wasn't what the rabba started with, and it was a very brief seif where the Rabbi did connected the two modalities of how halacha sees um, the the status of a shaliach if he's kamaisa or not.
1: Oh, but, but it didn't have to do with uh, with with um, Ishmael and and Esau the two styles.
0: Yeah, it did, it did, because, it, because it, yeah, but it was like, it was very, very oblique, and it, the it, Rebbe doesn't even, like, kind of unpack it, actually, uh, it did have to do with it, because the Rebbe is saying, in the style of that, the Shliach retains his own independent existence, but he has to accomplish something for the Mishaleach, that's kind of the style of Avram and Eliezer, uh, uh, Yeshua, I'm sorry. And in the style of shliach shal adam that's the style of of Yitzchak and Esav. He's Kamaisai. he's part of his existence.
1: So I was waiting to hear how,
0: how he's a (laughs) shliach. Oh, it's not. A so I mean, I guess we could bring about that, and 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 maybe maybe it's it's a, maybe there's something like very sobering here. Um, my Zeta always used to say that the uh, fridgeremba told him that when he goes on uh, a uh, from him, he should remember that all the smart things that he does, are, uh, he he's are going to be attributed to him, and all the. The silly and the bad things that he does are going to be attributed to his mishalayach. So he should be very, very careful. <laughs> um, but the point is that it, it, it's sobering to think that since the Rebbe taught us a it's it's very, very sobering to think that what the Rebbe is saying in the seicham, even very obliquely, is that uh, that as as like that even though Esav is a Russia, but but he can't be separated from Yitzchak. You know that in all the ways in which we fail or we have foibles or shortcomings that can't be separated from mishaleh and that's very um sobering thank you it, unders- it underscores that sense of uh, of responsibility to the mishaleh okay um so i think we are i think Let's go Yaqib Shohov Yaakov. oh, so we're talking about how Yaakov embodies these dual strands, the binary, um, the the, the paradox really of, of Avram and Isaac. Yaqib Shohav Yaakov did spend time and he did do his work also in Chutzlawritz. He wasn't like Yitzhak was the only one of the others that did not leave Eretz Israel who reshaped himself he lowered himself the yarad al mukam hamata, and he went down to the lowly places of a bamukam said gufa lowy rock hamata. but yakob in this lowly place not only he illuminated the lower strata of abraham like his grandfather aram elah emi chifte yisrael but even shamitasi shlema but he had the Kayach of Yitzchak that in this lowly place he was able to establish the Shifte Yisrael, the Shvatim, and in that they were all complete on an essential level. And so this is the idea of essential connection and not just the overlay from Avram. or Taima, and for this very reason, Hayyachalukaches the Shvaches the and that's why he was able to take two of two of the of of his wives were Shvachis. Were because when you look at who Yakov is, the connection, the, the 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 combination, the synergy of Avram and Yisak Savidas, then even the children of Shvachis can become Shvatim. An ilon, they can be leaves of the tree. Ola is even higher than just pedestrian leaves off a tree, shift ka, they can be shvatim. Um, two questions in the chat. Dindavram and Sarah Havgerim, and isn't that a total transformation and not superficial? Um, so that's 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 a fantastic question. Um, I think that the answer is probably that even the modality of gerim before matantara has to be seen as something completely different than it is after matantara and that again it was kind of an overlay rather than from the inside out and how do we actually see practically that yishmal displayed this non-complete transformation or how do we see his negative behavior um, Uh, that's a good question and i i would really have to go back and look but it seems to me again and i by no means remember everything but it seems to me that the only thing we have about yishmal after we get the memo that he did to shuva there's not much about him that last thing is that he lets Yitzchak go before him in in the burial of their, i mean he he lets yeah he lets Yitzhak go before him in the burial of their father and this is seen as um the fact that he that he had done to even before his father passed um and we don't have much about ishmael afterwards so i don't know how we might be able to discern this incomplete transformation um but again it does that doesn't mean that it was complete It's just that we we might not have an example that I can point to at least now. I'm going to try to ask other people and and look more and I'll uh, I'll get back to you if I find something. And now we're in a position to understand why such a large portion of Torahs which the Medrash tells us, centers on Esau, why so much of this parsha deals with the preparations and the actual brachas that Yitzchak gave. Because it's through this story that we recognize and it comes to full expression, the avodah of Yitzchak, and as it relates to Esau. What was the reason Yitzchak wanted to bless Asap, Although he knew and he recognized who he was. We're taught that this is because, on the most simple level, because he always had something to give Yitzhak to eat. He always had trappings to bring. Rashi explains it's because he bamboozled Yitzhak, as it were, with his mouth, with his questions. He used to ask questions that uh, he at least thought he was making his father believe that he's a tzaddik. Like, do you take maizah from salt and, 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 um, and hay? But the Rebbe gives us now a completely different understanding of tzayid b'fiv. Hainu de de'esaf that in his head, when you talk about his source, his antecedents, Yitzchak recognized that in Esau, there were these very, very exalted sparks of Kedusha, like we're taught that from Esau came out, the Neshama of Uncle Hager, Rabbi Meir and others, and uh, there's a lot of Chasidus on this that how Rivka was able to see that only Yaakov would be able to be Mivara these nitzitzis. It's true that there are these great nitzaytes embedded in Esav, but Esav, the way he was, would not be able to be a partner for Yaakov. <speaking in Hebrew> And because Yitzhak is all about digging wells, came a super little. parsha parsha tells us. Lachfor to dig the lim to is ha mayim chaim hamstatrium bima to find the living waters that are hidden in the depth of the of the earth. Ratza yitzhak ali day in sinus habrakhus lais of lachpur ulois as a mayim chayyim sakdusha shaberisha de This was yitzhak's um the whole plan in wanting to give him the brachis, that through the agency of the brachis to dig and to and to reveal the the living water, so to speak, the greatness that lies within the head of Yitzchak, Because asaph as Yitzchak saw him, due to Yitzchak's blindness to the realities of Gaulus and to the realities of this world. From Yitzchak's perspective, where Yitzchak is operating in his utopian vision, Esav is worthy of this. But in the dystopian reality, as Yitzchak exited from him, Rivka knew he was not a receptacle; he was not a fitting vessel for the Yitzchak. Because it was who could be Mevarer, these and and that's also, it seems, you know, based on on, on why um, it wasn't time that that Dina that that Esav should see Dina and Dina should marry him and Dina should neutralize him and bring him back to kedusha. It wasn't uh, wasn't the time that uh, it will be a time. And, and there will be a time. Will, there will be a time, but it wasn't yet. Here, the Habib gives us an incredibly powerful and important lesson. If you could. Attribute the term, the appellation Yisrael, to somebody like asaph even before Matantar, Ter mitzade Yeseb Yitzchak, simply because he was the son of Yitzchak. without looking at, without relating to the fact that he was impostate. The imgam boy histade Yitzchak lach for pnimav v'legalis et pnimiusa hanisteres, and if Yitzchak. Expended so much effort to dig within him and to reveal the hidden the hidden goodness that was within him. Al Achas Kama Bikama Yisra How much more so we have to take this lesson to heart for every Jew after Matanta. And what happened during Yisrael. <speaking in Hebrew> The vivifying force, the power of every yid is anaychi havaya, is the neshama. Irrespective of what this Jew presents us, irrespective of his spiritual stature or lack thereof, who befrach a gam elum, Israel, Shainam, Kidaboy, Hinea, Philip, Bitty, Yuram, Mohusamach, Toynim, Nalim, Hain, Bein, Arach, Befinas, Esau. The Rebbe says, and even the Jews that are not the way they should be, even in their construal and even in, their, in the external aspects of, of themselves, they are still so much higher. Asa from Esaf. And then the rabbi says in parentheses, this is on top of the fact, in our times, almost all of these Jews fall into the category, the halacha category, of a child taken into captivity, meaning it's completely not their fault that they are where they are, spiritually speaking. And so there is no question that surely that we have to devote ourselves to bringing closer each one of these Jews. Inclusive of those who seem to be the farthest away to dig and to dig deeply into their depth and to reveal the living waters that lies in each one of Israel um, and I'm just thinking as I'm as I'm reading these words uh, there are probably so many examples of this but um, there was there was the story um, that was circulated by Jem um, in my story. I think it was, or maybe it was one of their books, where the chabe um, sought to connect with a famous chess player who had repudiated everything about his Jewish identity. And like, of course, we don't we don't know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing about the chabe's motivations and so on and so forth. But even like just from the little tiny bit that we could see, the Habib put great effort into connecting with all kinds of people. Um, and not only those that sought him out, let's just say. Yud Aleph. The Habib says at the same time, it is absolutely mandatory that we be very careful in how we engage in these efforts. That it should be in accordance with what the Mishnah teaches. Yes, you have to love every one of Hashem's creations, but you have to do it in a way where you bring them closer to Torah. You have to bring them closer. You have to elevate them to the Torah. But never, God forbid, to in any way Bring the tier closer to them, meaning never to engage in anything that's a um, a pshara, uh, uh, help me here, please. Somebody, uh, uh, you can't compromise, compromise. Yeah, thank you. Also, it's forbidden to make any compromises in terra mitzvahs, even if. You feel that through making these compromises, you will be able to, through the agency of these tweaks to halacha, you'll be able to bring more Jews to Tere The Tere stands forever. Ein la, velay velay there are no changes. There is nothing that can be taken away. There is nothing that can be added. And therefore, there is no place for any compromise. This is so interesting what the Rabbi does here in the, in the brackets. The Rabbi says that this is alluded to in Rashi's comment on on the very first possible, and what does Rashi says say? Yaakov Mihu yitzhak. So the Rebbe reads it like this. So who could be considered Esav, who is the progeny of Yitzchak? Esav ha-amur beParsha. It's only the Esav that is in the Parsha that is in the confines of the Torah. Bit Torah. <speaking in Hebrew> Esav, the, the the part of of that is of Yitzchak, can only be accessed and refined through the ways and the means and the lessons that are in Teyra. Outside of Teyra. There's nothing you can do with Asa, meaning you think that maybe you're going to make such a pshar, you're going to make such a compromise, such a compromise, you're going to be able to accomplish more. No. But it's lekachi. And so the Rebbe says, practically, here's my advice that we should, each one of us, should look at each other person from the perspective of Rebbe from the head, from their roots, from their essence, from the pinta And when you look at another Jew like that, you won't even notice. You, won't, you will not even see his fallen spiritual state, the external, the veneer, the facade you will find within him the exaltedness and the elevation of his innermost essential state. Mm -hmm. And from that part of him, this person wants, and he's definitely shy, it's definitely uh, relevant to him, Uh, he's definitely it definitely has a connection to him to keep the whole Torah. And when you look at a Yid like that, then you're definitely going to do everything that you can. Without saying it explicitly, the Rebbe is implicitly recognizing that when we don't expect that we'll be able to make any progress, when we we feel like we have no traction with a person, we're just not going to put that much effort in that direction. But the Rebbe says, but when you look at every yid from the perspective of reshe, of his head, of who he really is, then you will do everything you can to elevate him, to bring him closer to Hashem, to Torah and mitzvahs, and to the Torah to Mema, to the completion of the Torah, you won't, you know, try to massage certain aspects. You, of course, it has to be said in the right way, but you won't water it down. You won't make psharis. Um, And I know, I know that we're twenty-three minutes after eleven, but if you're on, then maybe you'll be on for another two seconds and look at um, footnote seventy on uh, the word v'ritezah. Not only that mitzad, the person's neshama, their source, reshe, their shayach, there's a connection between them and all of Torah, but they actually want this. And um, and this is the famous uh, ruling of the Rambam that the Rebbe never tired of making reference to. That the Rambam says famously that in order to give a divorce, um, a man has to give it of his own volition. And then the same Rambam says that if a man refuses to give a divorce, you beat him, you beat him into submission till he gives it. So famously, how could this be considered his own volition? <laughs> you this is you just told us that in order to give a proper, a valid divorce, it has to be a man's choice. Now you're telling us that you could beat him until he gives it. The Rambam says, the Rambam says. Because he is a Jew, so Biponemius, he wants to do the right thing. So when you beat him, you're actually freeing the external aspects of him. Or you're you're extricating the innermost aspect of him from the more external encasement, because that's really what a a Yid wants to do. He always wants to do mitzvahs. Um, so with this kind of inspiration uh, to launch us into our week, uh, Hashem should hope we should we should have atzlacha, and we should be mm-hmm. able to take, do what the Chabad wanted from each one of us, and then and bring mashiach tzekenu, take it from Yad. Wishing everybody a wonderful week in kol Thank you, thank oh. you. Beautiful. Can I ask a question, or is
1: it too late? because she